This morning, our first lesson comes to us from the book of Acts, chapter 5. We hear of how the disciples have continued the ministry of Jesus after not just his resurrection, but after his ascension. And we see some of the pushback they received from the ruling uh, classes. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, Keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from St. Peter's first letter, chapter 1. As St. Peter introduces his letter, he reminds us of the faith that has been placed in our hearts is a faith that holds to an immortal truth that we are saved through Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have, not found, uh, the, you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Please rise as we hear from the gospel. Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection, but one is not there who doubts and then also receives his own appearance. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews... Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone... They are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nail, and place my finger into the mark of the nail, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hand. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace and mercy and peace be to you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We must obey God rather than men. What a powerful statement. A statement of faithfulness, a statement of certainty, a statement of solidarity. Peter and his apostles are declaring this rather strong word, but in what context? Who are they telling this to and why? After Christ's resurrection, we know 40 days later he ascended into heaven, and his followers then took on his gospel, took on his preaching, took on his teaching, went around baptizing people, telling them that Jesus had died for them, that he had risen for them, that he had given them life and hope. And the church was growing. It was growing in members. 
and believers. They were being baptized and brought in to the fold of Christ. The Jewish rulers, these groups called Sadducees and Pharisees, they were noticed that their followers, the people that they once held control over, that they once held influence with, that they once were paid by, these people were now leaving and following the teachings of Christ. But these Pharisees and Sadducees, they still held on to a certain degree of influence in the justice system. So instead of allowing this message of Christ to flourish, they bring Peter and his apostles, well, to jail. They arrest them and then bring them before a tribunal. And in this tribunal, they declare to them, you must stop preaching Christ. You must stop teaching Christ. You must stop telling people about this Christ who died on a cross and supposedly rose again. And that's where we end. That's where Peter and the apostles say this phrase, we must obey God rather than men. It's important to note not just the physical context of the the various political things going on in this time, but also the spiritual context that Peter and his apostles find themselves in. Why are they so adamant that they will continue to preach Christ? Aren't they, aren't they afraid of the law? Aren't they afraid of punishment? Aren't they afraid of going to jail? Well, this is what they have to say about it. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey. You see, it's not just a matter of them not wanting their organization to die out. It's not just a matter of them fearing that if they don't get more members, they'll become irrelevant. They're not just trying to survive or amass a group of followers or maybe gain some money. They know that the work and message and gospel of Christ is a life-saving, life-changing reality. They know that Christ on a cross took the wrongs and evils of this world, took the, took the wrong and evils of mankind, and suffered the punishment that those problems and sins and pains deserve. And then he defeated death by rising from the dead. So for Peter and the apostles, there really is no choice. It isn't about whether they can preach Christ or they can't preach Christ. They know in their heart of hearts, they know in the truth of truths, that Christ is life and everything else is death. So how in the world can you expect us to stop preaching his name? When they say we must obey God rather than men, that it isn't some prideful statement. It isn't like we have secret knowledge and we've got to continue doing this or we need to make more members or we need to make more money or we need to fill our quota. It's not them refusing to give in. It's not them being stubborn. It's a statement of necessity. 
a necessity because they know that the only way any of us can have true hope and true life is by Christ, by his death and his resurrection. Everything else in our lives eventually fades except Christ. Peter even writes this in the letter that we heard a little bit from today. He writes, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter points out that the faith we have lasts longer than the things that we place our hope and faith in in this life, right? Gold is the example he gives. That gold is tested by fire. It's put through fire to remove all impurities. And here is this hard and, and, and seemingly endless substance that, that we hold on to and say, this has great value. And Peter says, that too will perish. Eventually, it'll go away. Eventually, you will no longer be able to spend it. This thing that we count on as permanent is not. But the message of Christ and the faith that is in our hearts lasts longer than any of the things in this world that we might count on. Even our own selves, as our bodies weaken, as our minds dim, as our abilities go away, as our money gets spent, you name it, everything in our lives fades except our Christ. So with this in mind, I want you to consider our roles as followers of Christ in this place, in this time. I imagine that because you are here this morning, you too believe that this message, this gospel brings life and it brings truth. We, shouldn't we have the same urgency, the same unwavering trust, this, un, this, this same desire to make his word known? I want you to find opportunities. Opportunities to show the peace and joy that you have in the midst of a world that seems so chaotic, and uncertain. I want you to find opportunities to invite friends and family to hear this message of Christ, not to swell our ranks, not to put more money in the plate, but for the same reason that Peter and the apostles were willing to be beaten and still continued the message. Because this message is life. This message is truth, this message is joy, this message is peace. This message, this truth of Christ on a cross who died and rose again from the tomb provides a peace and hope which the world cannot give and which our world desperately needs. So Peter and his apostles, this is what happens to them. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. 
And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Again, this is not a, a, because they're stubborn. This is because they know there is no other message that lasts. And our lives are in the hands of a loving God who has displayed his care and compassion for us by giving us his own son as a guarantee. A guarantee of our life eternal, our life of peace and joy. So let us show that peace and joy by our words, by our actions, by the way we are in this world. Showing the world that the message we have we are so sure of that we can agree with Peter and the apostles and say, we must obey God rather than men. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.